so I imagine most of you know that the Sangra, Sangra Havastus, uh, it's translated as elements of conversion or Thurman's translation is the means of unification. And they, uh, the four ways in which the Bodhisattva forms a group of people united in the common aim of practicing the Dharma. So the Bodhisattva isn't trying to lead people to enlightenment individually, uh, but to enlist their cooperation in building the Buddha land for the benefit of all beings. So, you know, our theme for this year is building the Buddha land and, you know, this really, well, in a way, whatever aspect of the Dharma we choose, it all fits into building the Buddha land because we're trying to transform ourselves. Uh, Manisha mentioned about Dharma cropping up um, all over the place. But in terms of the Sangra Vastus, it's as though we've moved from, um, well, as we progress spiritually, our generosity moves from being a precept through being a paramita, a perfection, to the Sangra Vastu, which means it's moving from giving as a discipline to a more uh, spontaneous giving, to giving for the sake of creating Sangha. So one of the things that I did was, you know, I just went through a what do we give, how do we give, when do we give, and, and why do we give. But actually you'll know a lot of that. And what I particularly want to concentrate on ha is how giving creates Sangha. Uh, so it's a means of establishing positive contact uh, between people, of creating spiritual friendship, of helping to form a spiritual community. And we give because we like people. Is that a surprise? <laughs> um, so it's not giving in a narrow sense. We give people things because we like them, because we want to be spiritual friends with them, because we want to form a spiritual community with them. And it's not that we give in a calculating way that we're trying to get particular results. The whole process is completely natural and completely spontaneous. And um, one of the things that I came across was uh, an order member in Cambridge now called Ratnagosha, who has come up with his own five stages of dana, and these are completely non-traditional. So, yeah, do be clock that. You know, do be very aware of that. So. He talks about the five stages of dana, of one being hospita hospitality, friendliness, at home, on the phone, at the centre, we can smile with people. Then he talks about conditional giving, uh, gifts, money, time, uh, but we expect a return. Then his third uh, stage is helping, where it goes beyond a response to needs. We give out of a heartfelt uh, response to humanity and we're willing to inconvenience ourselves for the sake of others. His fourth stage is harmonising and this is where the motivation for giving is to create the spiritual community to unify the Sangha in terms of the Sangha Vastu. And it's um, expressed by giving encouragement, 
being affectionate, giving attention, rejoicing in the good, and beginning to see that giving and receiving are not separate. And his fifth stage is spontaneity, where there's a natural, spontaneous, creative overflow of an internal richness and abundance. Uh, but we need to be a bit careful about that and not do that too prematurely. It's as though we need to build our positive inner resources where that can come naturally rather than uh, almost like doing it against the grain when we haven't built up those muscles and end up feeling resentful. So, you know, that's the, the final of his stages. And one of the things he um, was saying, he was quoting Bante in terms of, in Wisdom Beyond Words, um, Bante talks about that we need to appreciate our own worth and feel that it's appreciated by others, to love ourselves and feel that we are loved by others. And we might be familiar with that, but we might not quite make the connection with, well, what has that got to do with generosity? And, you know, I think the more we're feeling that inner richness in in ourselves rather than any mental or emotional poverty or impoverishment then we will be able to act spontaneously and Ratnagosha was suggesting uh, various things in which we can love ourselves more so one of his recommendations is to take responsibility for it you know we need to take that responsibility to love ourselves more Touch the earth of experience. So this is about um, really acknowledging that to be on the spiritual path is something extraordinary and of great value and of great significance. And to have found uh, the spiritual path is to have achieved something of greatness in our lives. And we come to appreciate the enormous worth of what we're doing with this precious life. So it's actually just touching the ground of our actually experience and that we're all here practicing. His third recommendation is uh, develop a book of abundance. And he took this from, I think it's Susan Jeffries, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Way. And she recommends of just really, um, well, writing down the things that uh, we're fortunate to have. And whether it's just somebody smiling as we're going up the stairwell, and, you know, whatever we're grateful for, to write it down. And when we've got to 150, write some more which, you know, is quite something, isn't it? And, you know, in a way to do it each day to build on it so that we can really appreciate the richness in our lives. And finally, just do something. You know, whether it's making a cup of tea for somebody. Once we do that, we go beyond ourselves and we and the world changes. And um, a friend of a friend, I remember him telling me about 
I think he was qualified as a solicitor by this point, but he was working in a solicitor's office and he just asked his colleagues if they wanted a drink. And it was as though nobody had ever done that before. And, uh, you know, they were all surprised and he did make them all a drink. And they just took it up as a practice. And, you know, the, um, the whole atmosphere of the office changed. So, you know, it can be in small things, although that isn't in a Sanger context, we can um, build our generosity muscles. And you've probably heard me say this before, I'm an absolute believer in um, building our, whatever muscles it is, whether it's our meta muscles, our generosity muscles, doing it bit by bit. Um, you know, all those 35,000 people who ran the London Marathon on Sunday, you know, wouldn't have just arrived at the start line without all the work that they put in. So, you know, we, we need to act, we need to do something. And then in terms of knowing that we are appreciated and loved by others, well, how do we do that? We can listen to what they say. Don't brush off their compliments. Take them seriously. We can ask them. We should be helping each other to change. So my need is their opportunity. And there is a particular friend who I do fish for compliments for and I'll say oh I'm fishing here you know just tell me two things that you like about me <laughs> and you know it's it's quite a good practice to do you know fish and see well I was going to say what comes back you know you're asking for compliments it's a whole thing of rejoicing in each other and take seriously what they say so I don't know if that was a bit of embarrassed laughter there or not so uh, we can bear that in mind later uh, and I didn't check the timing at all. Um, rejoice in merits and again do something. If we look, we will learn that we're appreciated if we act because it gives people something concrete to rejoice in us in. Um, I've got 10 minutes. I actually want to read um, because I find it really eloquent um, when I find the page I want. What Ratnagosha is saying about this stage of generosity is a skillful means. So at this stage the greatest motivation for giving is to create the spiritual community to unify the Sangha. We've all experienced the benefits of the spiritual community. We understand the necessity for this spiritual community in the world. Our hearts respond to the vision of a world infused with metta, permeated by metta. And out of this experience, this understanding, and this heartfelt response, we want to establish friendly contact with as many people as possible. We want to create spiritual friendship. We want to create the Sangha. At this stage of harmonising, our generosity will be expressed in giving encouragement, in being affectionate, in giving attention, in rejoicing in the good. So Trivratna is not a service provided by some for others. 
Triratna is the joint creation of all those who come together in harmony out of a deep response to the Dharma and cooperate to create the conditions for practicing meditation, spiritual friendship, etc. And because Triratna is our joint creation, the product of all our efforts to grow and develop and develop depends completely on the spirit of generosity. We exist as a spiritual community, as a force for good in the world, and to the extent that we can give of our property, our time, our energy, our affection. Give ourselves, in short. Giving ourselves wholeheartedly to this situation, to the movement, is what creates it, what gives it vitality and heart. I think it's Walt Whitman in Songs of Myself says about when I give, I give myself. So in a way, as a giving dana, as a sangravastu, in a way is that. It's just giving of ourselves uh, as much as we're able to at, at that time. Um, So it's not giving in return for anything. By, you know, that, this time it's uh, unconditional. Um, you know, and if it's in relation to giving presents to people, you know, that is an expression of your awareness of them, uh, your positive feelings towards that person, your spiritual concern for them. So giving is a form of communication. Um, you know, Manisha and I, in a moment, well, a bit later, we're going to have a conversation. And one of the things we might talk about is obstacles to giving. But um, I, I just want to say a little bit about money. Um, and in Wisdom Beyond Words, Bunty finds it really strange that um, people's attitude to money, the, the strangest thing about people's attitude to money is perhaps their reluctance to part with it. <laughs> and, well, I don't think that's strange at all because in a way it's as though money becomes an illusion of security, an illusion of wealth. And we project richness onto money. And then, of course, we don't want to part with it. We don't want to part with the richness that the money symbolises. And it can be quite painful to part with money, you know, even for the sake of the Dharma. But part with it we must, because if our hopes and fears are ho hovering uh, over our pot of cup, if our hopes and fears are hovering over our pot of gold, then our life actually is quite poor. So, you know, in terms of what I've been saying about finding that inner richness, once we've got that inner richness from loving ourselves and knowing and feeling that we're loved, then we can be expansive. And we can't rely on uh, money, on salaries, on savings, on inheritance. You know, look at what's happening in the world and, you know, uh, people's banks' accounts. Is it Greece? Where, you know, they're going to have to pay something to the... Pardon? Cyprus, thank you, thank you. 
and uh, I don't know if it was last night or Sunday night, just saw on the news a young woman in China being interviewed after the earthquake and she was saying how she saved all her money to buy this business and you know it, it was gone she didn't have anything so it's like a false security to think that those things can give us uh, underlying security but we can rely on each other on friendship on trust on and by trust, I mean with the confidence that we're going to respond to each other in the love mode rather than the power mode. Uh, and this trust is what we need to rely on as members of the spiritual community rather than money. And it's about 12 years ago I had about uh, something of a spiritual crisis and I felt that I didn't have enough trust in the Sangha. And, um, And I got a bit convoluted with it. And it, anyway, basically, it's as though what I needed was to trust the Sangha more. And it's as though I want to say to look after me in my old age, but I don't mean that. I don't mean in it mean it in a tit for tat relationship. You know, if the spiritual community is based on generosity, then I can give you something, you give somebody else and what have you. And it might come back to me, not that I'm relying on that, but that I need to develop the generosity uh, and the generosity of spirit where we just have more and more confidence and trust in each other. And I think Well, if we can do that, and we do that from the inner richness that I'm talking about, then generosity will be um, the spontaneous manifestation of, of that inner richness. Um, I think I will just say one thing about what we can give. Uh, you know, we you know, we know about material things and food, clothing. But I, I just want to highlight what we can give in the spiritual community, particularly fearlessness and confidence. And, you know, we're trying to be a community of individuals, not a group. And each time any one of us um, acts a bit more fearlessly, then we're giving confidence to people, but to, to us all, to act in that way. Yeah, I mentioned uh, Walt Whitman, that quote earlier. Uh, you know, one of the traditional things is said is the greatest gift is the gift of the Dharma and the truth, the teaching uh, being the greatest gift. But Bhante actually says that, you know, he feels that even greater than that is this, if I, um, when I give, I give myself, because it includes all the others. So I would just like to encourage us all to give wholeheartedly of ourselves. Natal. Do for now. <laughs>